You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 438. Dave Hamilton got caught. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, My Mac Podcast 438. I hope uh, that Guy is on the other end of the line. But before we start chatting away, we'd just like to mention that uh, the former host, or one of the former hosts of the MyMac podcast, and the current co-host of Tech Fan, David Cohen, was injured in a car accident or automobile accident uh, while on vacation with his family in France. Now, luckily and thankfully, neither his wife nor his children were seriously injured, but David did suffer a broken back and is recuperating um, at this time. I think in Fr- well, he was in France, but I think he's now been moved by ambulance into the UK. Um, if you listen for a detailed explanation over at TechFan, and especially the most recent one, podcast number 103, Tim talks uh, about uh, the, the more, more of the incident in greater detail. But we wish David uh, especially a very speedy recovery and ask that all of our listeners take a moment to keep David in your thoughts in this very difficult period for him and his family. But uh, the good news is that he's back in the UK and that uh, he's going to be okay. He's just got a difficult period ahead. So our thoughts go out to you, Dave, and uh, best wishes, mate. Yep, best wishes, Dave. We, uh, we, we hope you're, uh, you're back on the saddle, so to speak, <laughs> as soon as possible. Ah, okay, Guy. Yeah. So what's been happening for you for, uh, for this week? You, I, I see you've, you've put in the note, show notes a very brief explanation. Still getting ready for Macworld Expo. Yeah. Come on, it's weeks away, yeah, isn't it? Come on, it's two or three ah, weeks away. No, 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 it's like a week and a half. At this point, oh, I'm word. sorry. It's a week and a half from when my journey starts. Because my journey, you know, the, the Macworld <laughs> Expo is Thursday the 30th. You, you have some epic journeys, don't I you? Do. Really I do. I, I never do anything simple. There is no <laughs> simple way for me to, like, if I want a glass of water, you know, I, I have to go on an epic journey. To get a glass of water, so you know, <laughs> it's nothing, a quest it is, with you. It's, it's a, quest. a quest for water. So, in, in this particular case, um, I, I'm actually leaving on the Thursday, like the week before the MacWorld Expo on that Thursday, to drive to Ohio, spend some time with my friends over the weekend, and then fly out on that Tuesday, actually to go to San Francisco. So, you know, it, it, it's like a three or four, it takes me three or four days basically to go from Virginia to Ohio, which is about a six hour, seven hour drive. I, it's, no, don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> it's just weird. Uh, but, but I, so, I have been shopping. Uh, I, I've gotten myself to. Okay. So, so, so you, you've been shopping. So you're going to tell us all about the Mac equipment, aren't you? So what's the first thing you bought? Two pairs of uh, blue jeans. Ah, uh, right. So are they. <laughs> Yeah, right. But they're USB, they're US blue jeans. 
And if I don't okay. have them plugged in, you can't see them, which will be really, Okay, so what, really what, other, uh, what other Apple equipment did you buy? What's the next thing on your list? You uh, I've got two different yeah. iPhone tripod connectors so that I can, okay, I can that's, fit my that's iPhone sort of on a tripod. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. I bought a uh, multi-USB power charging device. Now, this is oh, actually kind of cool. Are so, they are so useful. Those yeah. things are so well, useful. This actually has four USB ports, and they have one dedicated port for the higher output required to uh, to charge the the iPad three and four, and that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And so because I mean I've got besides the iPad, I also have the iPhone. Yep. I also have my Mophie juice case for the iPhone. Yep. I've got two separate external batteries that I have <laughs> just in case I need more more power for the end of the day, and um. And you're, a, a, you're a walking walking chemical hazard, aren't you? Really? I am. I, I'm surprised they even let me on the plane. <laughs> you know, and I'm surprised I put myself on the plane sometimes. But I, so I've got all this stuff, you know, and it's not as bad as it has been in years past when I was still taking my uh, my Mac laptop because I no, that's have, that's that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, this was where you was trying to get, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And now, like last year was the first year that I went iOS only, so now I've got a little bit <laughs> experienced. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm a little more experienced in, in, in the stuff that I need to take. There was some stuff that I'd wished I had taken with me uh, last year, but I'm definitely going to be taking this year. I'm going to have a uh, relatively full size tripod. Uh, I'm going to take a, a separate uh, lamp that I can use if I shoot any video. Um, video, I don't know if there'll really even be video taken this year. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to put all that together, especially just with iOS. It just takes longer and yeah. you don't get the kind of, you know, instant, you know, I can take this audio file and slam it into there and bring it over there and you're done. And you just, you know, send it to Tim and Tim does his, his, his RSS, you know, mofo magic, ma- magic and, and you have a podcast. Well, it doesn't work quite that way for, for video. video no, yeah. No. And plus I, I'm starting to move a lot of stuff. Uh, that we typically do on the podcast, like the and you, bumpers. And do you know? Do you know what, guy? There's an awful lot of podcasts that I listen to that are actually video podcasts, but I, but I take the audio section. I only listen to them because I don't have time to sit down and watch. And if I'm going to sit down and watch something, I'm going to watch something. Now, this is not being derogatory to those podcasts, right? Right. No, I. Understand. But I'm going to I'm going to watch something which is a quality show that I want to sit down and watch. You know, it's yeah. something like you know, something like a, a BBC production, or sure. you know, even Dexter. Let's let's throw an American one out there. Dexter, I love Dexter. <laughs> Big Bang Superb. Theory. But I'm not. Yeah, yeah, Big Bang Theory. I'm not going to sit and watch a group of people talking. And, that, well, and that's usually that's usually what they are too. Is where you'll have yeah. like a panel of of three or four where where guys. you can actually listen to them. And, you know, so that's what I tend to do anyway. But you know, there's there's a few. You know, you've got the screencast, you know, Don oh, McAllister's yeah. screen, screencast sure. online. You've got to sit and watch that, and that's fine. But I pay to do that, and I choose to do that. But there's an awful lot of video podcasts that go out there, and you think, really? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take the audio. I'll take the audio any day. But anyway, that's by yeah. the by. That's yeah. by oh, the by. Also, um, you remember it was a couple of shows ago we recorded all those bumpers? Mm-hmm. I finally, finally have all those bumpers separated into a new Ooh. folder. And so starting this week... Um, and actually all through the, the Macworld Expo, I'll only be using the bumpers that you and I recorded <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So, well, that is, that is, 
Brilliant. I'll tell you, when I got done doing that, I felt so good. I really, really did. What about you? Now, I know you've got you've got a lot of stuff going on right now. Well, yeah, but it's it's not really Mac or Apple related in in any way. Apart from I said, I think I said last week that we decided we we're going to use that thirty two G thirty two gigabyte um, first gen iPod Touch for right. my daughter to take out to to Fiji. Unfortunately, she is a heavy heaven. Well, this this bit isn't the unfortunate bit. She's a heavy user a user of Spotify. Now we do have a premium account because it comes part of the package with our ISP. Um, and I've been using it for a year, and she just she's just jumped straight into it. And it's a premium account. And actually, there's a, a, a I won't talk too much about that because it's uh, coming up as a possible pick later. Um, but. She, <laughs> But the problem is the first-gen iPod Touch couldn't use the latest um, version of the Spotify app. So I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do here? What are we going to do? So I, I went onto eBay. I found a local person selling a 64-gigabyte iPod Touch, and I thought, worst comes to worst, I'll buy it, and then we'll sell it when she comes back. So that's what I did. I got a 64-gigabyte third-gen iPod Touch, runs the latest software, Spotify. She's gone on there. She's got all her playlists. It's all been downloaded. It's all on there. She can use that. She's also got the iTunes music on there. She's also got a load of films, which I've um, been uh, ripping to put on there. And it's all good. She's got loads of notes. Fantastic. So she loses that. She's got no media, but she's quite <laughs> happy with it. And um, I'm, I was quite surprised. This iPod is in pristine condition. Uh, and I got it at a reasonable price. It wasn't the lowest price I could have got, but it's a reasonable price. And I think I'll be able to sell it for much of a muchness when I come back. And uh, I went for the 30, 64 gig just to make sure that we've got enough room. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much ready because she leaves tomorrow, as we recall. She's wow. she's be ready. She's flying tomorrow, 10 hours to Seoul. <sighs> and then from Seoul uh, in South Korea on to, um, I, th- uh, I can't remember now, where is it? It's, she's going to... Let's see if I can find what the airport is that she's flying on to. It is Nadi or Nadi in uh, Fiji. So I she's got a 10-hour flight and then she's got one. and then she's got another long flight, 19:25 local time uh, arriving local to basically the next morning at 9:20. So she's got mm. two long flights. Uh, but it is the other side of the world. Um, oh, sure. there you go. Sure. And well, she's going I, there for eight months. She's going there for eight months, so a room could become a recording studio by the time uh, she gets back. You'll be like, oh, you uh, you expected to come back here. Oh, <laughs> funny about that. Actually, when she comes back, she's not going to be back long, and then she's off to college. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, how long is she going to be in Seoul? For very long, or is it just like a quickie layover? No, no, no. It's a quick over uh, stay. Oh, you know, stop over before. Yeah, that's a shame. But Yeah, because South Korea is actually uh, – because I've, I've been throughout – a large portion of the the North, you know, Pacific basin, and yeah. South Korea was one of my favorite places to go. Yeah, yeah, she won't have much time there, but never mind. Anyway, we've got a we've got a long show today because we've oh, got a special yeah. guest that's going to be coming up hopefully in the second section, and I've got a feeling that we might be chatting to uh, that uh, particular gentleman who you probably know now because Guy did mention his name in the uh, in the. Uh, show title so uh um and i've got a feeling that could go on for a little bit so let's let's crack on to my mac uh the website shall i take the first one yeah go ahead okay kinesis 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 you You say kinesis kinesis. i I say kinesis (laughs) uh (laughs) keyboard Uh, and that's a (laughs) 
That's a review by, you say, Jahuli. It's and I Keel, say not cool, you podcasting fool. <laughs> yeah, Julie yeah. Uh, has joined the pre-recorded <laughs> author bit because we have the one from uh, from Suze. We have one from Elisa. Uh, we actually have one Vicky. from from Vicky. Vicky. And now we have one from Julie. Uh, apparently, so we, we, none of the male writers <laughs> at MyMac.com are brave enough to send or, us a... Uh, go ahead. Or, or perhaps they don't listen to us men. We've just got all of the women listening. That's right. Hi, because, ladies. Hey, I'm going to get such a slap for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me read this review. The, you say so Kinesis, great. you say Kinesis, whatever it is. Freestyle 2 keyboard is an ergonomic split keyboard that works flawlessly with Max. It takes absolutely nothing more than plugging it Plugging, plugging it in to set it up. If your brain and hands can wrap themselves around having a split keyboard, this one is wonderful. And Julie gives it a MyMac rating of 8 out of 10. Now, the next section, Guy, will split one after the other because these are all... Yeah. These, all of these reviews are from the same person, which you can start off with, and I'll do the second one, and we'll split it that way. Okay. See, no, see, see, folks, no preparation in this show at all. Absolutely none. <clears throat> it's all seat of the pants. Um, hey. These are all book reviews by Steve Hammond. They're iOS and OS X programming books. The first one is The Art of the App Store. If you are serious about developing apps for the App Store, this is a book you should read first. And he gives that one a MyMac review rating of 7 out of 10. And the next one is Appillionaires. I hope I said that right. Uh, the author of this book, uh, which is also the creator of Alice for iPad, takes an interesting journey to understand app success on the App Store. But uh, that one only gets a, I would say, a mediocre 6 out of 10. Uh, next up is Programming in Objective-C, the third edition uh, he doesn't have the uh, author here. It doesn't matter. If you are ready to start on a development project, you may need to learn the programming language used on OS X and iOS, which is Objective-C. This book will take any non-programmer to a level acceptable to create a first program in Objective-C. That gets a MyMac review rating of 8 out of 10. And Steve, uh, Guy wasn't saying that you don't have the author oh. there. What he, what he meant was that I hadn't put them in there. So that was a slap for me. So, no, actually, so it wasn't sorry, meant Steve. that way. But no, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. I'm just winding you up. Oh. Um, but seriously, everybody, if you want to know who the authors are, you've got to go over and read the, uh, the web website. Um, <laughs> Learning iPad Programming. This book teaches iPad programming for iOS 5. It is a very complete – sorry, it is a very complete work on how to build an app for this particular OS. That gets a MyMac review rating of 8 out of 10. Um, uh, I, I would I would assume that a lot of the tricks that you get in that book, you'll have to read the review to confirm, but a lot of the tricks you'll get out of program, programming for iOS 5 will lead on to being able to program for iOS 6. But, you know. Yeah, or, or read, the Mac. Read Or the Mac. Read, read the review and find out. Yep. And the last book, whoo, Steve, boy, you, you, you've been a, a reading fool, is Teach Yourself Core Data or Data for Mac and iOS in 24 hours. This book focuses on one technology provided by the Cocoa Frameworks Core Data or Data. The book explains the technology or technology and how to <laughs> no, use no, it. No. 
in almost every way possible. He gets a MyMac review rating of 7, or Sivan, out of 10. <laughs> yeah, Sept. He should have said Sept. Septa. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, the last item from the website is the White Whale. Tech fan podcast number 103, which I mentioned earlier. David Cohen is in recovery. Uh, from what you will have to listen to on the show to learn out, I might have given a little bit away, yeah, but maybe. there you go. So Tim Robertson goes solo for his, from his hotel room using his portable podcast rig. His topics include what happened to David, CES, the White Whale, and much, much more. Call me go take Ishmael. a listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we got listen, some... listen to it and... Come out and meet your doom. That's right, because then you'll be all... Oh, okay, that doesn't even make any sense. I don't know. No, it doesn't, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. Uh, over, <laughs> over on the Google Plus community, uh, we got a question from James Turner, uh, woodpad.co.uk. Uh, he asks, G-Men, if I hack my second-generation Apple TV, will it read content from a, a NAS or a network-attached storage device? Uh, I responded, actually, on Twitters saying that I had actually hacked uh, an earlier version of my Apple TV. It wasn't the second gen app. You see, we've got to be careful here because I, uh, people, th- we're actually on about the fourth gen Apple TV because there was the first Apple TV and then there was the second one with the bigger hard drive, which actually accepted different software. Right. I'm pretty sure of that, which was still the bigger version. And then we got the hockey puck and then we got the second hockey puck. Or is it the third hockey puck we're on now? I don't know. Anyway, well, it's, well, anyway. It, it's the same basic shape. Yeah, it's the same basic shape, but whether it can accept the, the updated software or not. Because obviously the latest one has got 1080p, whereas my hockey puck hasn't got 1080p. No, I, well, actually, anyway. I have two. I have two. I have one, which is the third gen, which was 720. And then we bought another one that we have downstairs <laughs> on our other TV that is the new one, the, the 1080p one. Right. Okay. Anyway, what I said to James was that I I didn't particularly like the the software, and I didn't find the the whole experience very comforting, very enjoyable. And you you always had to be careful if there was an update that came out, because if you ran that update, you would lose all of the hack on your uh, on your device. And if sure. you if there was an item on the update that you particularly wanted, you'd have to go through the whole rigmarole. And I think some of the latest the latest software on the latest units, I'm not sure that you can actually I don't, I don't know whether you can actually hack them or not. Cuz I I've, I've got a feeling well, I have can, seen you can somewhere. jailbreak it, but I, okay. I, I haven't okay. tried it because anyway, honestly, anyway, what, I'm fine with it the way it is. Well, what James said he's going to do, he's going to give it a go. He's going to Give it a, a bash because obviously you can always reset it. You won't create a brick, um, and he's gonna he's gonna give it a go, see how it runs. And I put an invite out to James, and that invite is reiterated here. Once you've experienced it, once you've been running it, come onto the show and tell us how the experience went. Yep. And as a matter of fact, as and this is something to think about. Um, next weekend. Is it next weekend or the weekend after that? I'll be in travel mode. Uh, okay. 
Let's see. It Today's... might be a bit too early for James to come on next weekend to see how he's getting yeah, on. Yeah, no, next weekend. I know he's a busy good. guy, but next weekend we're okay. still good. So it's the weekend after that, which is I think like the twenty seventh or something like that. So if if you want to talk to James about uh, substituting for me, then you know, as, as if as if anyone could substitute for me. No, they couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't. Or nor would they want to. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so if you and James want to do a show, uh, though the difference will be you'll have to edit it and send it to Tim as well, because I won't be able to help you with that. Okay, okay. Well, let's not talk about our routine on, on air, shall we? Right, right. <laughs> um, as, now, as far as I know, what he's asking here is, is, uh, is kind of a little generic, because you can set your iTunes account on your computer – to see all of your content if that you have that you could possibly have stored on a NAS. You could keep your entire library. Okay, well, do you want to you you see tell everybody what uh, Fitz is is going on about? Uh well, I don't I, Oh, you're talking about the next thing. Yes, yes. I'm oh, I've okay, moved you're, on. You're, I've moved oh. on. I'm bored. I'm bored with James. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My answer James is yes. <laughs> yes you can. Okay, the, from Fitz John Baptiste. Uh, he's asking about AutoRip, which is Amazon's answer to iTunes and whether or not it can be a real competitor to iTunes Match. And it's offering consumers free digital copies of purchased physical CDs that you've bought. And, you know, basically, you know, you get free MP3 versions of the songs on the album del- delivered directly to your cloud player libraries automatically and immediately and at no cost. So no more hassling with ripping CDs and finding a way to get them on your your favorite devices. Now, the, the one kind of cool part about this is if you have purchased a lot of CDs from Amazon, it can be, according to what I'm seeing here, it's good for CD purchases all the way back to 1998, which is, it's got, that's a nice feature right there. Um, yeah. In my particular case, you know, I, I, I think that it, it's it's not that important because, honestly, I don't buy CDs. I haven't bought a CD in probably four or five years, not since, you know, iTunes came out because I don't want the entire CD. Then I have to find a place to keep it, and, and you know, hopefully it's not going to get messed up. Now, if you if you prefer to buy CDs, this is a great feature, and I would highly recommend that for people that buy physical media – or I'm sorry, uh, for people that buy CDs that get them through Amazon, get the free digital copies and, you know, cause I don't believe they're charging for it. So, you know, you buy a CD from Amazon, you've are, you don't even have to bother to rip it in iTunes. You know, they're just going to go ahead and give it to you as, as MP3s. Yeah. I- <coughs> Wow, you're I'm okay. dying. I'm dying. Yeah, I'm dying <laughs> don't, here. Don't die. Not till after the podcast. Okay, uh, I'll I'll try and you know delay it. Um, yeah, I su- I suppose in answer to his question, it is Amazon's answer to ripping uh, a CD because uh, iTunes now are obviously doing iTunes Match as well. So with with iTunes, you've got various different options. I I. I find it difficult. I know people still use uh, lots of different various ways to get music to their ears 
and they use lots of different software packages to be able to do that. But, you know, your everyday Joe blogs just wants to just use one source. They want to plug their iPod in, especially if they've got an iPod. They'll they'll stink up iTunes and get on with it and just do everything in iTunes. And I think when you put a CD in your Mac, which actually is becoming very difficult. <laughs> yeah, if you're, that's true. If you're, if you're going to buy a CD uh, these days and you've got a big CD collection and you're thinking, right, I'm going to rip this lot. <laughs> you're, run, you're running out of computers to, to do it <laughs> on if you're a Mac yeah. user. You, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. I mean, there, obviously, you can get an external USB sure. uh, CD DVD uh, writer driver, whatever. But um, y- Amazon are going to do this. I, I I can understand it fully. Uh, it's it's nice that they've backdated it. I think that's 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 a real cool. Um, that's a cool piece of the action they're that they're doing. But is this is this an international thing? Is it just in the US? And that's what I don't know. I don't know whether it's it's global or not. Uh, I honestly don't know. But no, I don't. And it, it, it's it's something which I haven't once, seen. Once, av- <clears throat> once once you leave the confines of whatever country it is you live in, you know, and this isn't just Amazon. This is Apple and Sony and everybody else that has a music store. They have to set up deals with the local distributors the local copyright holders of whatever the, the media is, whether it's movies or music or what have you, and your rights and how much they can allow you to do is going to vary extremely on whatever country it is you live in and whatever deals the uh, that Amazon or Apple or whoever has set up with the content copyright holders. Which is a real shame because they they just need to get up off their ass and figure it out because you know they're 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 lose they're they're losing money on the table you know there's money right yeah. there on the table for example uh, I'm a big fan of the Big Bang Theory and I had purchased and downloaded from iTunes every single episode from the first season seasons two through I think four they didn't offer on iTunes so right. I had to find an alternative way to get those television shows because we like to go back and watch them again. Now, season five and season six, it's back on iTunes and I have purchased it. But does that mean that I'm going to go back to seasons two through four and re-download them through iTunes? I, well, you know, that's questionable. So they're leaving money on the table by making it so difficult to figure out the rights to... Uh, to audio files and video files yeah. and all the rest of it, they yeah. really, I mean, really uh, need to get to, their action. Uh, they could be a bit late to the party because, as, as I mentioned back at the start, my daughter, you know, she doesn't have any conception of buying a CD or a record. We, she sees plenty of CDs in the house because we've got hundreds. She sure. sees plenty of old LPs because my turntable is still out and we still occasionally pull the LPs out. Blow the dust what, off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he was doing then. Um, yeah, blow the dust off, give the record a clean, and, and they love listening to them. But her conception now is she, she just goes through Spotify. She pays a fee every month. She can listen to pretty much any music she likes. It's not complete, but neither is iTunes and neither is is, is Amazon. So, you know, for me, it, it, 
uh, possibly that's where they're thinking of you know because it is moving that way it's 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 like digital photography isn't it yeah yeah the, the film is dead it's all digital now um you know i know that, you know, that statement is all-encompassing i know film isn't completely dead you, for you all still intents few, and purposes it is. it is you know for for the, for joe blogs in the street going into a store now but to be honest with you even I, had, I was listening to a show the other day and it was talking about compact cameras and you could almost say that the compact camera is almost dead because yeah. of the smartphones yep so you know we're, we're moving in that direction technology the, moves on the sun expands, the sun dies, becomes a red dwarf, and then a black hole. So that's what's happening everywhere else as well. And considering the state of most music these days, that's <laughs> a very apt analogy there, as Gaz. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. We actually we got so off the, the subject there. We did, but join join the Google Plus community. Come over because there was a great conversation on this. There was all sorts of people jumped in on this, and and it did skew off a little like ourselves on the conversation slightly. But go, you know, come in, join, and read the conversation that went on that. And it was, I think, there was lots of good points by um, all sorts of people, including Bob, Bob DeGrand, Alistair Jenks, uh, Elisa piped up as well, um, and Bart Bouchard's had a good point. So. That sort of conversation, Google community is great for that sort of stuff. So, yeah, uh, there were there were nine comments on on just that topic right there. Yeah, superb, superb. Yep. You 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 guys out there in listening podcast land, rock. You do, you do, and you know everything that that we do is is an offshoot of of what you guys give us, and we really really do appreciate it. I mean, I know yeah. we make we sometimes well almost every week we joke about not getting a Skype call or. Or you know, likes going down on Facebook or or any of the rest of that. Oh, by the way, G plus up to eighty nine. Thank you all so very much. Yeah, it's so, all not done that in I'm the best obsessing. possible. I'm not. I'm not no, obsessing. No. I'm not obsessing. <laughs> you are anyway. I'm going to take us out of this section. <laughs> Get us okay? out of here. So there's going to be no stupid phobie words. There's no tech news because it's going to be a long show. So. Uh, everybody, stand by <laughs> to stand by because <laughs> we'll be uh, <laughs> right back. That was like Tony the Tiger and Jimmy Stewart all rolled into one. <laughs> That's me all over. They're great. Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker. Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. Are you lonely? Is there a girl you've had your eye on that you want to hook up with, but she doesn't know you exist? Well, for $99.99, the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love can get you that girl that you want, but even more desperately need. The way we do this is by meeting with you in secret. During this meeting, you give us a name, location which the target can be found, and a picture of the target. We will then send one of our many Jedi to first hunt down your girl of choice and then use our Jedi mind trick to make the girl of your dreams a reality. So call 1-888-JEDI-LOVE or visit geekiestshowever.com for more details. So put those days of mastering the Force choke behind you by getting in touch with the Luke Skywalker Jedi Council of Love by listening to the all-new Geekiest Show Ever. Wizard! Making the apocalypse seem like the soft option. The G-Men, 
on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. As promised, and and we did promise this last week, and uh, fortunately, uh, our special guest didn't make a liar out of us, as uh, as some special guests have done in the past. Uh, but we always know that that Dave Hamilton from the Mac Eat Gab is on the job and ready to go. How you doing today, Dave? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember. I sent you that that Franken Mac question about combining uh, an external and an internal hard drive in, in the same. Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, same like kind of splice those two drives together. I, I remember, yeah, I remember saying I thought it was a, a novel idea, a brilliant <laughs> idea, and a and a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, just call it what it is, a stupid idea. Well, no, it's not stupid because it's it's actually kind of creative, and, and it, it it's a good question to know the answer to, which is don't do it. But, the, yeah. it, but it's a good question to know the answer to because we're all going to be tempted by that sometimes, right? We've got a ton of externals, and we've got our internal, and sure, it would be nice to boot from one volume, so we're including the internal on this, and just have access to all of our storage without really having to worry about where it goes. So it, I, I thought it was a brilliant idea. It's just a bad idea because of, you know, if your USB power dies in the middle or your USB cable dies in the middle, everything's done. <laughs> That's uh, bad. Well, so. I, I, I can't see it. I can't see it being all that bad. I mean, what's the absolute worst that could happen? You'd have to boot from your backup clone, which now you can't do because your backup clone would need to be like, you know, four terabytes in size to, to clone this entire Franken monster that you've made. Well, I, I typically like to, uh, to, to do my, my backups from my boot drive. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I always think that, that, that that's a great idea to do. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah. 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 I love tempting fate. Uh, well, that, that, but there is, you know, I mean, we jo we're joking here, but there is something to be said about tempting fate. It, frankly, it, and I'm sure this is true for you too. It's how I learned how to do all this stuff because I tempted fate, and sometimes I won, and sometimes I lost. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but that's how you learn. You know, yeah, I, exactly. you know, most of us did it, or certainly I did it when I was, uh, relatively speaking, a kid, and you know, quote unquote lost wasn't, didn't really have the same implications that it would on say a computer that you might use to run a business or your house or, you know, worse, like, you know, the nuclear launch codes or something. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's different, yeah, but the experimenting is good because you, you know, you might try that game? crazy experiment and, and find out, wow, this is awful. But Hey, along <laughs> the way, I, I learned something I didn't even intend to learn. So that's good. That's right. You know. Never, well, I've got, to, I've got to say, I've got to say, Dave, that a lot of people tell me off because um, I actually use my time capsule as a media center. It's where I put all of my uh, my media, my music, my videos, uh, and I can I can then access that from all of my Macs. Now sure. it does it does have some restrictions, uh, and I have to be careful when I'm backing it up because it you know <laughs> it's supposed to be the backup, but obviously it's not. It's my main point of uh, of contact for all that media, so I have to back it up separately. But it is really useful because iTunes is is such a nag that I think that it, if Apple could just make that time capsule a NAS server. That would yeah. so solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. Yeah, where, where you didn't have to have iTunes running to, to get content yeah, to your Apple yeah. TV. Well, that's yeah, the thing. I, and, 
And the frustrating part is it's got a CPU in it. It could do these things, right? It's the software that's missing. You, you could yeah. keep your same hardware, and if Apple would release the freaking software to let us do it, it's done. Yep. Well, uh, you, you, know, you know why they can't, though, right? Well, there's probably some problem with the, the RIAA or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's the content creationists that are, you know, well, it, if, if they're able to access our content uh, I, anywhere. I'll tell you it, why it is, Guy. I'll tell you why it is. Apple, oh, is, very, it, Apple is very much, and, and I'm not saying this cynically here, but I think Apple is very much a one-machine, one-person company. That's true. But that's, that's so true. not what the reality is of no, their absolutely. own customers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, heck, anyway. we've got, I've got, uh, you know, my son has an iMac. My, my wife has a MacBook. I've, I've got this, uh, this huge. The, the, the ironic Pro thing is, here. the ironic thing is that most people actually do have, once they buy one Mac, they tend to buy several Macs. They don't just stick with one computer. Like when I had a PC, that was it. That was just one PC in the house. When I bought a Mac, there are now three or four Macs in the house. <laughs> Completely different. Completely yeah, they do have a tendency to multiply. Almost, they almost do. like, uh, like guinea Rabbits. pigs. If, if you're not careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it costs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're going to, of course, you're going to MacWorld this year. I am. And this is the tenth anniversary of the Cirque du Mac party and uh, where are they, where are you guys having that this year? Uh, we're doing it at Broadway studios, which is where we have, uh, we, we have done it in the past. Uh, I think this will be our uh, fourth year at Broadway, at least our third, but I'm pretty sure it's our fourth year at Broadway studios. And, uh, it is in my opinion, and I, I don't think I'm alone. Uh, it is the perfect location for Cirque du Mac because it's just, it, it, they've, got, they've got, well, they've got trapeze there, so that's good for, you know, for circus stuff. Uh, but it's right. also the right vibe in the room, the right size room. The stage is good. The sound is pretty good. You know, it's, uh, it is what it is. Um, right. It's a rock show, so, you know, it is what it is. But for that, it sounds great. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah, we're very much looking forward to it. Yeah, and if uh, if you uh, if your ears are starting to bleed from all the great rock and roll, you can go right across the street to the strip club. You know so, what's really you know, funny about that strip club across the street? I don't Ten know. I've never actually been there, Dave. I was kidding. Well, I have, but I wasn't there when it. I wasn't okay, there yeah. when it was a strip club ten sure. years ago in January. Sure were, that place was a rock and roll club, and it was the location of the first Cirque du Mac party called. Oh, uh, really? The, yeah, the bar was called Chichi C H I C H I, and that's where we did the first Cirque du Mac. Yep, which is really funny. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, back in, I think it was 2007, which was the first San Francisco uh, Macworld Expo that I went to. You guys were at the, what, the Red Parrot or the Red Rooster? Red Devil like Lounge. Red Devil. I knew it was Red something. Yep. And um, yep. I remember because you had it like there, you had it there like two years in a row. We and actually had it I, there, I think, four years in a row. And it got, the party got too, too small. big for that room. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely too small a venue because I I could remember a couple times stepping outside for a minute and you know and then walking back in and, and as soon as that door would open, this this wave of noise and you know everything else would just come rushing out and it was and, and it was a party so it was supposed to be like that but with the place you guys are at now I I find that it it's much more relaxed because you're able to actually oh, wow and I know this is a crazy concept 
move from one area of of the uh, the lounge to a different area of the lounge without having to possibly father children on your way. You know, I mean, just right. accidentally, of course. So, Ac- yeah, yes, I, so, that's right. Accidentally, I accidentally fathered a child. So, yeah. I, so, I, I think the new place is much better. Oh yeah, no, totally. The Red Devil, you know, we did it there. Like it was at least three years. It may have even been four. Um, the first two years there uh, were great, and and then the last year, it it just got too big. We always wanted to have, you know, especially in the early days of Cirque du Mac, and this is actually less important now because it's sort of established and and it is what it is. Right. But we always wanted to have a place that was either exactly the right size or just a little bit small so that, you know, there'd be a line out the door and the place would feel full because the the whole concept of Cirque du Mac came about because the all-star band had been playing other parties and some of them worked out great and some of them didn't because the places were too big and playing a rock show in a place where that's, you know, 30% full is not fun for the band. It's just, you know, it's just not no. fun because the people are on the other end of the room. And uh, so that's why we started doing our own. That was, well, that's not the only reason we started doing our own thing. We wanted to give back to the community too. And, and we did, sure. we funded it ourselves, you know, for the first, uh, well, probably five years. Um, but, you know, and, and so that last year at Red Devil on stage was fantastic because that room was just so <laughs> packed. It was awesome. Yeah. I knew Even, it I, couldn't last. You know, it was the last yeah. time we could do it there. But we sure enjoyed it just the, just the same. So, yeah. I kept expecting to see people falling off that second floor balcony. You know, it would just yeah. get so full. I, yeah, but, well, I'm glad they didn't. That would have been a, a, bad, a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, 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 that would yeah. have put a little bit of a downer on it, really. Mm. Um, we were speaking to Paul Kent last week. Um, Dave and uh, I, I asked the question: Does he think that these sorts of events in the evening are part of what makes MacWorld such a great success? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I didn't listen to the show. I was at CES all week, so uh, so I don't know what his answer was. But I certainly, I certainly think so. I mean, it, it, you know, we have a vibe, right? Of um, the yeah. whole Mac, it's a, it's a community. It's a, it's you know, a, a, a pilgrimage to Mecca, right? You know, it's it's good to see all of our people. <laughs> no, really, I mean, that's a huge part of what MacWorld always has been, and and even now, it's like the biggest part of what it is is every just getting everybody together. It's good. Well, one thing one thing I was telling uh, Paul was, you know, the the nice thing about doing like the the Mac Blast party or Cirque to Mac or or even the Nosilicast party, which is also going to be on Friday night a little bit earlier, yep. uh, is that even if you've been walking around all day and talking to vendors and blogging and recording podcasts and you know and all the stuff that you that you know you and I and a lot of the other people typically do. While we're at Mac, well, what a lot of people don't understand is that when Dave or I or John or you know the people in the press room are at MacWorld, we go out on the show floor. We typically don't really have time to sit there and go, "Oh, well, that's kind of a nice case." Let me th- let me spend about ten minutes looking at all the different stuff that that's in here. It's usually like, "Okay, I, I need to get over to this vendor over here because I got to talk to them," or "I got to shoot over here and, and take care of this," or "I have an interview with a product vendor in a different room." And I mean, we're constantly running all over the place. So that begs, a, that begs a question, certainly, to Dave. Are there times, Dave, when you wish you could put on a different persona so that you could actually walk around Macworld and do a, 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 like a, an invisible job, as it were? Well, yeah. Or you, I, I, or, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I totally do. And, you know, the thing is, I've been going to Macworld. In fact, John Braun, who I do the, the Mac Geek with, he and I have been going to Macworld 
since it became Macworld. We used to go to Apple Fest together as kids and uh, as teenagers. And um, get off my so, lawn. Yeah, no. So we we um, <laughs> you know I I know what that experience is like, and and it's interesting because. I mean, I, I do. There are times when I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could just be here as Dave, the guy that's a fan of of all of this stuff. But yeah, right. when when we were fans of all that stuff and when we were there is that, you know, you heard about all these other things like the parties and and, and this, the, you know, yeah. the Mac the Knife yeah. party or this, that and the other thing. And you're like, how do I figure out how to weasel into these things? You know, and then, of course, I did figure out how to weasel into them. It was to start this business. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I've, I, it's, it's, it's the world I've created. I, and I'm not, I'm not upset about it, but yeah, there are times I, one thing, and I obviously now this will never happen, but, uh, one thing I never got to do was I never got to sit and simply watch and enjoy a Steve Jobs keynote. I saw many of them. I covered many of them. Uh, but the first one we covered, uh, we got in as press. We never, for whatever reason, at, at Apple Fest and um, and and then even the early Macworlds, we never made it to the Steve Jobs keynotes because you had to get in line. It was crazy, right. you know. And right. and, and so I, I've full. only ever I only ever saw him as press, and uh, and it's fine. But you miss a lot because you're covering it while you know, especially with us, yeah. we, we've been yeah. the very yeah, first well, one. Li- and, you're live blogging it at the same time. That's right. And, you know, the very first one we went to, John and I used his, I had a Palm 3. Have you heard this story? Have I told you this story, Guy? No, I, have, I don't have think i heard, heard it? this. Okay, so I, I think I've told it on GeekGab once or twice. But but um, it was 2001, I guess, maybe it's even now. It was probably 2000. Uh, yeah, it was 2000 in New York when Noah Wiley was there, right? And and impersonated Steve for the first, you know, four minutes of the keynote because the that movie had just come out. But right, we Pir- wanted to Pirates live blog. of uh, Silicon Valley. Exactly, exactly. And so we wanted to live blog it, uh, which didn't really exist at the time. So I had a Palm Three, uh, and I was pretty good at graffiti, which was the the language that you use to write and and turn it into text. And right. uh, and it had an IR port on it. John had just gotten a Palm Seven which had packet radio, essentially the email, the ability to email from the device. And then Brian Chaffin, uh, my co-founder at Mac Observer, was back in the office in Austin, Texas. And so I would be scribbling these things on the on graffiti onto the palm. And then when there was a break in the action, I would beam my note uh, IR <laughs> from my palm to John's. And then I'd go back to scribbling in a new note. Meanwhile, John would take that note and email it to Brian back in the office who would then post it on the web. So that's how live blogging for us, anyway, started. So yeah, nothing complicated about that at all. No, yeah, but that's what we do. I mean, come on. Like yeah. I said before, you experiment, <laughs> you know, and you learn stuff. <laughs> oh my! Uh, do you, what do you think about the live blogging now, Dave? Do you think there's too much of it? Yeah, there. Prob- all- of course, there probably is. I mean, really, you only need one, but because nobody else, well, a few others. There's a couple now, but uh, it, it's tough to build an engine that is economical to run you know, most of the year dormant and then scalable to run when you're getting, you know, a hundred thousand people reading it simultaneously. Mm. Uh, a lot of live blogging engines fall apart. So we do need multiples out there because, uh, because they fall apart and, and we're no exception to that. We, we just went through our, our learning phase, you know, five years earlier than everybody else did. So ours doesn't fall apart. Uh, so I guess you could just read ours. But but it is also nice to have different perspectives. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, I got to say that, right? But uh, 
but it is nice to have different perspectives. You know, we, when I do it, I tend to do a blow by blow coverage. I don't editorialize much, maybe a little bit of snark here and there, but, but for the most part, it's just, here's what happened. But like when Brian does it at TMO, he, he adds in some color and, and, you know, Jason Snell at Macworld has his own take on how to do things. So, you know, if you're not able to be there, you, you know, multiple sources are a good thing because you, you'll miss stuff otherwise. So. You know, sure. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, sure. Now, and obviously, the keynotes now uh, are not attended by Apple, and a lot of people mm. thought that perhaps uh, MacWorld will die off. And that especially last year, they were really. I think a lot of people were surprised at how successful last year's MacWorld i i i world was. Do you think this one's going to be equally as successful, and it will continue? Yeah, I do. I, I, in fact, I think this one will probably be more successful based on what I'm hearing. Uh, you know, I was at CES last week, and so that uh, because of the timing of the shows, you, you get some feel from people. And it seems like there's more people that are exhibiting at both and more people attending both. So, I, yeah, I do think it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this year, and I'm especially looking forward to next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, there, I suppose there, there, it, there was a I, couple. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Gus. I was, I was just going to follow up on that and say, I suppose it makes sense for people to, to kind of combine CES and um, Macworld if they're obviously in that party. They might as well do both while they're, while they're there, especially if they're traveling from abroad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a little – it used to be that they were right on top of each other, and it really made sense because you could literally go from one to the next with no lag. Uh, now, that's right. not – you know, energy wise, that's a, that's a tough thing to keep up, but sure. uh, it made it easy. But now, you know, there's a two week gap in between. Um, there's probably a better time timing, you know, either closer together or perhaps even further apart uh, with the two events would be a good thing. And, but you know, this year it is what it is. And, and um, so that's good. Cool. Well, that's that I was uh, going to kind of lead into that. Uh, do you think that Macworld would be more successful if they had it maybe a little bit later in the year, like in March or April, as compared to just after Christmas. And, and you know, so many people now, obviously, you know, you know, when we were talking to Paul, he was saying about 80% of the audience for Macworld comes from California. Uh, but that other 20%, would that be able to expand more if, you know, if the weather and, you know, having to worry about, um, Choosing between CES or MacWorld or some of the other events that are going on in that area at the same time. Well, Guy, I, I, Guy, I got to say, I don't think people would choose between CES or MacWorld. It's just a matter for me. It's a, it's bad timing because it's just after Christmas. If it was later in the year, I could probably justify coming out, and certainly would probably want to justify it. But you know, that's <laughs> he's, it's not going to move it yeah. because of that reason alone. But no, um, but well, he sh- but, he should move it just because Gaz wants to go. That's what, that's what I say. <laughs> Well, here, here's the thing. Um, while you may not choose between the two events, there are people that do. There are a right. lot of people that do, especially exhibitors. Because, you know, here's the thing. If someone is exhibiting at both CES and Macworld this year, uh, you know, if I run into them in two weeks at Macworld, at, you know, chances are in two weeks they didn't have time to release a new product, right? You know, uh, <laughs> if they were going to – no, if they were going to bother to do something, they're going to want to expose it to the audiences of both shows, right? Yeah. So if I run into them at Macworld uh, and and they – you know, the, the conversation would go something along the lines of, hey, nice to see you again. Uh, you saw everything we had at CES, right? And I say, yeah. They're like, all right, you're good. You know, <laughs> that, yeah. that's not – so there is a, a value um, – it, it, you know, I can see they that, have that a little for some separation. companies, yeah, if you, but if you had it, like you said, in, in March or April, 
well, okay, now product cycles would would make it such that you could have a new, you know, widget or whatever it is, uh, you know, to show off at Macworld. And and even from a PR standpoint, even if you're showing the same stuff, it's not the same stuff you saw two weeks ago. And, you know, that you could, you, yeah. you've got yeah. some spin on it, you know. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah I, I do think that that, you know, I mean, it, there's a good argument to make there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who's going to be doing the keynote this year? I know last year it was... Um Oh, who was it last year? No, it was the year before yeah. it was Sinbad. That's and right. I'm, trying to, That's I'm right. trying to remember who it was last year. I can't I can't think of who it was. Uh, Kevin Smith what, was what, a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Apple dropped out after 2008, I believe. Right. That was their last Macworld. And right. I I remember thinking at the time, oh, this is this is going to be the this is going to be it. This is going to be the end. And the two th- and when I went to the 2009 MacWorld, I I could see that the, the energy level had had really really dropped. That, that a lot of people were were just kind of going, ah, oh, well, you know, why should I even bother? Because Apple's not here. And sure. the the weird thing is, with Apple not being there, with them doing you know their own stuff on you know in Cupertino or or wherever else it is that they decide <clears throat> to to announce their products. It really kind of it it you know the Apple is obviously still the focus of the Macworld Expo, but it gives other companies a chance to say, hey, you know it's it you know here over here in Macland it's it's not just Apple, you know we're yeah, it gives other, com- really, other companies really cool the chance things. to shine, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and the energy level for the Macworld Expo after 2010, uh, like last year and and 2012. You know, it, it started going back up again. So totally. I, I think I think that that 2013 is is going to be a breakout year for the MacWorld Expo. And I'm it, you know if I had to put money down, I would say that 2014 2015 we're going to see a lot of the big vendors start coming back again. Because I, I would was, I would agree with that. Yeah, there was like this convergence. Of of bad things that all happened at the same time. Not only did Apple drop out, but California created these weird tax laws that said if you were going to sell something at the MacWorld Expo, you had to. I'm trying to. I hope I get this right. You had to pay a certain percentage of your entire company's uh, output, or you know what it, whatever it was that they sold for the entire year, just to sell something in California for this three day yeah. event. So it's a, a lot yeah, of companies you, were like, "No, having, we're not going to do that." That's right. Yeah, having Nexus there, which which is what you're talking about, a, a presence in the state that is is a, a financially beneficial presence. You sudden, your yeah, your company's entire earnings can be exposed to it. I think I think at some level that was blown out of proportion by reporters that didn't understand tax law. But um, but like me, but. Well, yeah, exactly right. But, but well, but but also just exhibitors that didn't. It, it, even if you, I mean, most businesses, certainly not all, but most businesses are going to have uh, an accountant of sorts. But it's a headache that you now have to navigate very carefully, so that your company's entire revenues are not exposed to California state taxes. And and that you know, it's if you're on the fence anyway, man, that's a sh- that's an easy yeah. way to nudge yourself off of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I, I think uh, that this year. And next year are are just going to be incredible years for the MacWorld yep. Expo. And, I agree. You know, as long as long as they keep having them, I'll I'll keep finding cheap hotels and really really cramped airplane seats 
and I will fly out to California. I don't even know what the name of the hotel is I'm staying at. Every single year I stay at a different hotel. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but you know what you've got to do this year, Guy, don't you? You've got to find um, that Chinese takeaway. The, the, the what? I think he's yeah, talking about a takeout restaurant. Yeah, that's it. Oh, Take oh out. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim, Tim was telling a story over on the Tech Fan Pod. I forgot about that. Thanks. Good pull. Uh, Tim was telling a story on the Tech Fan Podcast that uh, the, the first year that I went to the San Francisco show, I had gone to the 2000 and 2001 uh, New York shows as part of the Washington Apple Pie, the user group here in the D.C. area. Yep. And we had gone to the iPhone Steve Jobs keynote, and oh, on another aside, do you remember, do you ever seen that movie Macheads? Totally, yeah. Okay, there is a shot of me standing there with a video camera with my ponytail sticking down when I still had my ponytail for about two seconds. And every single time they show that movie, I get calls from different relatives all over the country going, "Oh, I just saw you in this Mac movie." Is yeah, I'm so famous now. That's awesome. Yeah. And anyway, um, so after we hadn't eaten that entire morning, because we'd just gotten there the night before, and we were so hungry that right after the uh, the keynote, we left and we were looking for some place to eat, and we just happened across this combination convenience store uh, Chinese buffet place. And we loaded up our, our stuff, and we walked it back to the Moscone Center and ate it, and it was like the best Chinese food Ever. It was really, really good. And every year, Tim and I have gone on a quest to try to find that stupid <laughs> restaurant slash convenience store, and we can't find that son of a bitch. It's there somewhere. I swear to God, that restaurant slash convenience store does exist. And if I have the time, because my, my one of my quests this year is I'm going to go finally to In-N-Out Burger. I have never gone to In-N-Out Burger in the seven years that I've been going out there. Gotta now, do you it. know the secret? You know the secret menu at In-N-Out Burger, right? I'm getting a double-double animal style. Okay, there you go. That's good. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Fry it with <laughs> mustard, baby. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so there. I am so there. Ah, <laughs> uh, so right. Because, so, getting, getting, Dave, getting, Dave, Dave, you've met me, so and you know that I'm kind of a a big guy. Yeah, you're taller than I am, and that's saying something. Yeah, I stand like just under six feet six, and they keep making airline seats smaller <sighs> and smaller. So and freaking smaller. ridiculous! Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And people, I hate to fly, but like I said last week, I will squeeze myself into an airplane seat flying at 36,000 feet to go to the Macworld Expo. So what is your holdup? What is your excuse for not going to the Macworld Expo? Yeah, there you go. Ah. That's, yeah, fair enough. See, this okay, is why be- you need to get me on the Mac Geek app sometime, Dave, because I, <laughs> I just go before, off on this weird before, tangents. Before we leave Macworld, um, what, are you expect? <laughs> are you, are you because, <laughs> you know, there's some of us that can't go, Guy, okay? Oh, Don't rub it in. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, is, there any, is there anything special that you're expecting from, uh, from this year? Any, any products that you're looking forward to seeing or software that you're looking forward to seeing, Dave? Um, no, not, not off the top of my head. I mean, nothing, nothing specific that I'm, uh, you know, I just can't, uh, wait to go and see, but I, I do enjoy finding those little nuggets of, of cool stuff right. that, that I didn't expect to find so that, you know, there is something and I'm very eager to find it. I just don't know what it is. And that's yeah. part of the fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of the things that Paul Kent has done, or you know, IDG Publishing as a whole for the Macworld Expo, that I think has worked out really well, is that the small vendor area where you've got like two Shantytown developers. Yeah, yeah, two different developers on a really, really tiny table. Yeah. And it and they make it they make it inexpensive so that small developers can can exhibit at the Macworld Expo. And you can find some incredible nuggets in, in yep. little in Shantytown, you know, assuming that you can like force your way through the pack. Yeah, you got it right. It's a commitment, but it's uh but it's a good one. It's totally fun. I call it Shantytown, but I you know, I always have to add that I say that with love. I, it's awesome because yeah. it's not this big overproduced and the overproduced stuff is cool too. But, but it, you know, it's just some guy that's really, really passionate about what he's doing and, and he wants to show you. And, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, wow. Okay. But other times it's awesome. And that's, and yeah. that's the beauty of it. Yep. Yep. Now, um, one of the things I also wanted to ask you, well, and we, we talked about this just before we started recording is, yeah, uh, as everybody on that listens to the MyMac podcast knows, uh, Gaz and I have had, oh, let's call it issues with our sound <laughs> every once in a while. And every time I listen to the Mac Geek Gab, you and uh, John Braun just sound fantastic. And uh, you know, I, I, I now I, I don't have a bad microphone. It's a it's a CO three U made by Samson, I think, which isn't yep. a bad microphone. Um, but I listen to you know the rich timber of of your microphone, and it just kind of makes me want to go. Yeah, I'm I'm a podcaster, but yeah, you know, not so much sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, what is it I can do, or what would you recommend that I get? That won't cause my wife to divorce me, sure, and increase you know better my sound a little bit. So the big problem is, and and I understand why this is, but all most I'll say most because there is one or possibly two notable exceptions. Most USB microphones are condenser microphones, which means that they are powered mics, which is fine over USB, and. And and I'm gonna it, audio engineers listening. Uh, I am going to say this wrong, uh, but but it's it's uh, I'm I'm just trying to keep it simple. Uh, but it's also the right w- way for me to understand it. A condenser mic is one that gets electrical power f- over the signal, and therefore is, and again, this is where I'm going to get it wrong. Actively listening to everything that happens in the room, it gets its energy from elsewhere, and it just picks up sounds. And and most condenser mics, not all, but most are geared towards getting a very flat uh, frequency response. Now, again, there's 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 exceptions to that, but that's sort of the goal with a condenser because you're powering the mic uh, electrically. You have the ability to get a very flat response, and you're not dependent on the signal coming into it to affect things. Dynamic microphones, on the other hand, are microphones that do not get their power electrically. They get all of their power from the signal that's being shoved down their throats, i.e., in podcasting, the, your voice. And so two things happen. Number one, you can get some, um, uh, you, you can get a, a, a richer sound sometimes, but you also get a whole lot less room noise. And it's why professional uh, broadcasters in radio almost always use dynamic mics because they're in rooms that are acoustically sucky and they don't need to be in acoustically great rooms because it's just them and a microphone. And as long as you're not hearing a lot of room noise, then 
that is, um, then, then you're in good shape. So you have a condenser mic, which is what most podcasters use because nobody tells you that condenser mics are very I, difficult to use for podcasting. I've got to say, Dave, that is one of the best and easiest explanations I've heard about which mic to get if you're going into podcasting. That was superb. Well, thank you. I, I'm glad, to, happy to help. Yeah, because I, I think everybody should sound as good as possible. And so, yes, you can spend a, a fortune on condenser mics. You can spend a fortune on dynamic mics. But, you know, again, going back to the years and years of, of learning uh, and experience that people from radio had, they used dynamic mics. Um, a little bit of compression on the mic helps, uh, which is what I have here. Now, I don't have a USB mic. I have a regular, uh, what's called XLR mic, a balanced output on the mic that I plug into a mixer. And then, uh, depending on how deep we want to go, I can explain the whole process. But uh, it essentially goes USB from the mixer into my Mac. And, uh, and, and, but in line there, I have what's called a compressor, uh, not a digital compressor that takes the amount of data and shrinks it down uh, into a smaller size, but an, an um, analog, an, a dynamic compressor. And what that does is you essentially set a level that you want to hit. And then as I'm talking into it, it's actually reducing the amount of gain that my microphone sends along uh, the louder I get so that I can get loud and the signal doesn't get louder, but sometimes it gets a little fatter, you know, if I get right up on the mic. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get you know, right go, up on the go, mic go, and it just sounds on. really scary. No, that wasn't too bad, Guy, but I've got a no, feeling that Dave was definitely talking dirty to us then. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Barry yeah, White's I, uh, secret. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, Good thing I got this uh, this handkerchief here because I'm just sweating. You know, it's, it's that's right, <laughs> that's right. So, so yeah, so that that's part of the trick. The other part that that my mic has on it, and I use I I do it on John's too, is uh, is I have a noise gate on there so that when I'm talking, um, you don't hear any background noise from John, and when he's talking, you don't hear any from me, and so that helps clean up the sound because we record direct live. We we do no post processing whatsoever other than running it through a program called Levelator, just in case I've totally right. foobarred the levels. But, um, and, and it does, that does some compression and some normalization too on the signal, which is, which is good. But, um, but, but there's that. And then I'll share with you guys, because I love you, uh, the secret that I, I <laughs> came up with this too, when we Dave. started the show. I knew John and I were going to be in different rooms, right? And uh, obviously, because we're doing it over Skype. I, A, number sure. one, I didn't want people to hear that we were doing it over Skype, right? I wanted it to sound just like we were in the same room with really high-quality mics, which we did not start with. We started with, with crap. And even, I mean, what we have now is it's high-quality, but it's not horrible. It's a, a Heil PR40, uh, which is, I think it'll run you about 350 bucks, maybe. It's, I mean, it's, it's expensive, but not, you know, 3000 um, right. So what I did, though, is I made our signals as dry as possible, as I said, with some compression and some noise gates, so you're not getting this extra stuff. And then I run both of us through the same outboard reverb unit, and I add just enough reverb. I get it to where you'll hear the reverb, and I back off. And that is, uh, it, it, if I took it out, you and all of our other listeners would, like, fall off your chairs, because it, you, you notice it once it's gone. And and that's the idea, and it? it makes us sound like we're in the same room. And so what do you, my, what do you use secret. to capture the audio? I use Audio Hijack Pro. Um, I so okay. So now we are we're going to go a little bit deep. Okay, so sure. I have this out. I have this outboard mixer, right? Uh, my microphone is plugged into it directly because that's what you can do with a mixer. 
John, obviously, uh, isn't in the room, so I can't plug his microphone into my mixer. But I want to so that, A, I can run everything through the same thing and through the reverb, and I can also control levels on the fly uh, because I'm not um, – because, you know, I, I'm not going to do any post-processing, so I need to be able to set my levels. Um, so what I do is I capture the audio coming out of Skype with Audio Hijack Pro, and I send it out via USB to a breakout box that I then plug into the mixer into a channel. So now I have a channel that my mic's plugged into. I have a channel that effectively John's mic is plugged into. And then I do the same with the program that I um, uh, use for our audio comments. I plug that into another channel. And now I can mix the whole thing outboard. Uh, I take a signal from that and bring it back into the computer again via USB. And I capture that again with Audio Hijack Pro because it's already running and there's no reason not to use it. Now, you're not using two separate computers to do this, are you? No, I'm not. No, because you, cause you okay. can have separate, you know, I have, I have four things being hijacked in Audio Hijack Pro when I record the show. Um, and the, so three are, are what I just talked about, the signal from the board in, the signal from John out, the signal from our audio comment piece of software. I happen to use Yojimbo at the moment, but whatever I'm using, I, that I send out. And then the third thing, I need John to be able to hear me I need John to be able to hear our audio comments. I need John to not hear himself because over Skype, the echo would be long enough that it would drive him crazy. Yep. So I have, I have a third, um, essentially a monitor mix that I send back in that just goes back over to Skype. And actually, that's what you guys are hearing me on right now, um, just because it's how the things are set up here, and it's easier than trying to rewire for, for this. I think that sounds pretty it. much what we try to do, Guy. It's just we need to <laughs> well, it's tweak what we, it. It's what we try to do. <laughs> <laughs> I did say try. I did use the word yeah. try. I did use the word try. Yeah, That's great. We we basically use uh, a soundboard. So when, when we get calls in from Skype, <clears throat> got to blow the dust off Skype for the few times we get actually get calls, uh, I basically take those audio files that are captured in Skype and drop those into soundboard. And then uh, along with my microphone on my input in Audio Hijack Pro, uh, I've got an app, you know, the soundboard as an application set up to run on that same channel. So when I play uh, sound clips, uh, something like this, which is kind of how I feel sometimes as I listen back to my show and it doesn't sound as good as I think it should. And basically, he's able to hear it because it's going on the same channel as my microphone through Skype. And then we do all the, yeah. the, the inputs and the outputs and blah, 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 blah. But I, I really think that my, my basic problem well, – well, boy, that, that there, you could fill a whole show with that. Uh, but as far as sound goes, my basic problem is most likely uh, my microphone. And I, I yeah. just need to step I, that up a little bit. I would agree 100% with that. Yeah. 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 Your mic, your mic is just it. Well, it, it, frankly, despite what Samson it wants to tell you that you're using a microphone that is not built for the purpose that you want to use it. And for. I'm using it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's all. And you know, the thing is you can, when we started the show, we did experiment for about a month, maybe uh, in the middle. Uh, well, the middle of the first year anyway, uh, with, um, with with condenser mics because Behringer had sent us some and was like, oh, they're new mics. Wow, we should definitely use these. You know, we're we're getting up and you know, <laughs> but we started. What's that? Because they're brand new, so they must be better. They must be better. Oh, and they're condenser mics, and this is great. And I had to, I had to learn this lesson myself. I didn't know this coming in. I mean, I I I should have because I've been using microphones for years. But um, but 
when we started, because I'd been using microphones on stage with a rock band for years, I had a bunch of Shure SM58s, which if you uh, don't know the model yeah, by its actually, model name. I, I have a, a uh, SM57. Okay, well, 57 is going to be a little weird for spoken vocals just because the, the capsule on the top of it, I think it's actually the same element in there, but, but the, the, you know, the, the, the grill on the front is different and it makes things a little weird. But, um, yeah, but it's a dynamic right mic. But you know, it, it, it might actually sound better than what you're, you're running through for you. You've got to experiment. Each person's voice is different. You've got to find what works you know, for you. But yeah, we ran with 58s for, for a while and they sounded great. You know, because they're dynamic mics and you can do that same thing when you get up on them. And, you know, it, they, they just sound good and they don't pick up a lot of room noise, which is why musicians like them on stage. A, they're totally hearty and you can like hammer nails with them and then go sing a full show. But, um, hmm. it, you know, they don't they, they don't get a lot of feedback in them. They're not they're not fantastic. They're way better mics to use for, you know, stage vocals. But but they have the fundamentals. It's a dynamic mic. It doesn't have a whole lot of microphonics when you handle it. And it, you know, it, it's got that sound signature that, that you kind of want. So there you go. Yeah. I, you know, this is, this is, this is so great. We're, it's like, we have our own Mac geek gab happening right here on the <laughs> mymac.com podcast. This is what we do. I'm sitting in the same chair. It's no different for me, man. Superb. <laughs> Superb. Now I know you've got to go soon. Um, I do Dave. So uh, do you want to, Tout everything that you possibly can before uh, before we sign off this section. Uh, yeah, so you want me to like tell everybody who I am? I'm Dave from the Mac Geek sure. Cab. Is that is that the path we're heading down? So yeah, Mac yeah, Geek Cab, yeah. of course, which is uh, the podcast for, that we do at the Mac Observer, and uh, and of course we do a lot of other stuff at the Mac Observer. We have a fantastic staff here, so uh, I encourage you to read us uh, at macobserver.com. And then I also have a company called Backbeat Media that uh, we manage the advertising for a bunch of Mac sites and podcasts, and uh, that's what I do. That's that's my life, and I'll be at Macworld Expo. I can tell you where I'll be if uh, if you want to come see me. I think I even know. Uh, yeah, I know my schedule. Thursday night at 6, I'm doing the rapid fire thing, which is a five-minute tip. There's 10 of us doing those, so that's going to be fun. Wow. For, yeah, it's it, if you didn't go to that last year, I learned so much. I mean, I did one as part of it. And so that's why I was there, but I learned so much from the other nine people. It was awesome. Cause you get, you know, you get people telling you stuff in five minutes, they don't get boring. Uh, so it's good. Um, so there was that Friday at two, I'm doing a thing, uh, a session. I think we're calling it. Everyone's a home network administrator now, because talking all about how to kind of manage your home network. And then uh, Friday okay. night at eight, go ahead. Right. No, I was just going to say, um, now I, in the last couple of years, Tim and I did like little things ourselves up on stage, but I, I'm actually not scheduled for anything this year. Yep. So if you know anyone that would like someone whose opinions and ideas are somewhat slightly off kilter, uh, I am available for anyone who is brave enough to have me on a panel. There you go. Yeah, I'll tell you, Paul hates panels. And so, <laughs> you know, he really does. He's he's like fundamentally against them. Not that he won't let them happen, but panels can be an easy little boondoggle for people that just want to have an excuse to have their boss send them to a show. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so people on panels are less incentivized to prep, uh, for an hour than someone who's got to go stand up there by themselves for an hour and deliver, right. you know, some educational lesson. So yeah, Paul, I have tried to pitch panels on him and obviously Paul and I, uh, 
you know, we're, we're pretty good friends. We, we play in the band together sure. and we've known each other a while. And any panel I've pitched him, he's like, no, I don't want panels. I'm like, no, but this one will actually be good because I'm not an idiot and I'll, <laughs> I'll do it right. And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. You could do that at another show no. maybe, you know. <laughs> yes, some other some other Mac related uh, yeah. uh, trade show. You do that wherever so you want, just not here. Now. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there you go. And then Friday night Cirque, and then Saturday at one, we're doing a geek up on the on the show floor. So great. That is yeah. that's going to be so much. I'm so looking forward to all this. All right, Dave. Well, we're. I know that uh, that you've got some some family stuff to take care of. And, I do. Uh, so we're going to let you go. Thank you so very, very much for coming on the show. Uh, make sure you send me like a diagram of all the stuff we talked about because I'm <laughs> from Florida, and nobody else could hear what I just said. That's right. So uh, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take this opportunity to say stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back with uh, the last section of the show. Lisa Pasali. I'm Suze Gilbert. I'm Vicki Stokes. And we're the three geeky ladies. You could be watching Hoarders. Or you could be reading Fifty Shades of Grey. You could be ghost hunting. Or you could be listening to the three geeky ladies. So put down that book, shut off the TV, and turn on your iPod. And listen to the three geeky ladies. Find us on iTunes under the Stoplight Network. Excellence in Mediocrity, the G-Men, on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the final section of the marathon. Guy, isn't isn't Dave great? What a a great guy. What a great guy. I am so looking forward to seeing not only Dave, but John and and all the rest of the the usual crazy cast of characters that you'll find at the Macworld Expo over in the press room, which... Most people can't get into. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Okay. Yep. So he says, nodding his head. Ah! Hit it. Gases tips. Gases tips. Gases tips. It's time for Gases tip. Yep. (laughs) This is a quick one. I'm singing. I'm singing. I know you are. I know you are. I'm boogieing, baby. Bring on down. Okay. I love. Preview. I just love preview. And I don't know whether you use preview a lot. All the time. But I, I think I think this is relatively new. And in certainly I'm I'm pretty sure I couldn't do this previously, but in Mountain Line you can now add the pages directly into a document. So you can navigate to the edit insert menu, and from here you can insert a page from a scanner, if you've got a scanner hooked up to your machine, if you just scan something. Um a file from within your finder, obviously somewhere on your computer, or a simple blank page in preview on a current existing PDF document. And I think wow. that is great because I've wanted to do that time and time again. I take one page from somewhere, uh, uh, another page somewhere else, and stick it in and merge them in together and create a document that I need, which is useful for me, or if I want to send it on to someone. Pardon? No, no, go ahead. I accidentally hit a button that I shouldn't have hit. You naughty, naughty. <laughs> I am such a right. nitwit. Listen really to this. Am. Listen. Shut up and listen. You might learn something. 
<laughs> well, yeah, you keep thinking I will. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so so preview um, PDF, it, great tip because uh, I'm I, I pretty sure I tried to do that in the past and couldn't do it, but you can now do it in preview. Fantastic app. That yeah, is such the, an, it's such an underrated app, really. We, we, best, we ought to do a show on it. We ought to do a show on it. Let me finish. <laughs> I don't get to say that very often. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say um, the nice thing about that is, you know, typically if you if you wanted to add on to a, a document that's a PDF, you basically had to you know go into the document, make all the changes, save it as a PDF again, and then look at it in preview. But if you're able to just add new stuff into a PDF right from preview, that is just fantastic. Yep, superb. Nodding his head. Ah. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's tips. Oh, wait, Gaz's tips. That's the end of Gaz's tips. Is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's tips. <laughs> thank you, Nick. I, I feel like I have to tell Nick thank you every single every week. Every tip. That is, okay, have you got a pick so this great. week? I do have a tip. And, um, a tip? A, a tip. A, uh, sorry, a pick. <laughs> let's see if you can figure out who this celebrity voice is, Gaz. Uh, let's see. Where is it? There it is. Shut that. Someone chaotic fears trauma and a cowardly raggedly thief is above anyone. <laughs> sounds, sounds to me like Captain Kirk. It is Captain Kirk. James is, T. Kirk. The name of I, I I have said this before. I love William Shatner. I want to have his love children. I do. Okay. Okay. I do. I've got to go William now. <laughs> but uh there's a company called Blind Light Apps that created a, a program called uh, Shatoetry, and uh, William Shatner has come in. You've got to be careful where you say that. I know, very, very careful. This is, and we were talking about this with Dave. This is a clean show, and this week in particular, you need to listen to the very end of the show. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, so, basically, William Shatner came into a studio. And recorded all these different words at different levels, like, you know, soft, medium, and hard. And what this app lets you do is choose any of these words that you want and create sentences with them. And it's called, careful now, shadowetry. It's 99 cents. You can buy, they do have one in-app purchase where you can bring more words in. And I, I, I had absolutely no problem for another 99 cents to have even more William Shatner in my life. Thank you, William Shatner. I love you. <laughs> Are you still there, Gas? <laughs> Gas? Gas? I'm really, I'm really not sure that I need to come on again. Ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned about you and... Will really? No, no, Bill. I I call him Bill. <laughs> yeah, Hi, Bill. yeah, I used to call him Bill. Anyway, um, I've mentioned this particular app before. It is Spotify, uh, um, but I'm going to mention it again, and it, I'm going to mention it again because my daughter's taught me really how to use it um, over the last few days. I, I mentioned at the start of the show about the the third gen iPod Touch that I've got for, her, and we've got the iOS four app. Uh, running on there 
from Spotify and it allows you to download music so you can listen to it offline and her playlists all sync up. She's been syncing or she's been creating playlists from her iPhone because she's not, she doesn't want to take her iPhone to Fiji. You see, she wants to leave that here. And uh, it makes sense. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> She's been, you know, creating new playlists on her iPhone. It syncs up to the Mac, and we can play it on the Mac. You can play it. This is a premium. If you if you're a premium member, which we are, um, and it, you can play the music on any device. You can have multiple sessions going. It is just a great app, and they've got it right. Now there's some music obviously missing, but generally most of the music is there, and it is just super. We've downloaded all the music onto the iPod, so she's got it from a playlist, and. You know, she's got thousands of songs on there now, and it is just fantastic. So I'm I'm going to give it another shout out. I know that some people are a bit uh, off put by the by fact yeah. by the fact that you've got us. I think in America, I'm not sure. I I never signed in. I thought there was a different way to sign in that you have to sign in through Facebook. Um, but we, when we did it, we didn't have to do any of that because we actually got it through part of the contract with our ISP. Although we're paying just about the same price that you would for a full premium membership anyway, which is £9.99 per month. Uh, and you, if you think £9.99 a month, well, that's a lot of money, but I can assure you my daughter would it's have... a lot of music. Yep. She would have spent a lot more money over the past 12 months and going forward uh, on the sort of music that she'd been listening to. So uh, I'm quite pleased with it. And the fact that you know we can have it on several uh, several machines, several devices as well. So although some of our playlists do get mixed up because we can only have one account, I've got, I've done the old Malpass trick. Uh, that's my surname, if anybody didn't know. Um, uh, uh, the, it's I've not been, Shatner. It's yeah. not Shatner then. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, of basically creating a, 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 you know, a family account uh, because, you know, we're quite open. It doesn't matter. We, it's fine. So we put a few of our playlists on there. Hippies. But, you know, we, we just choose which ones we want to download. <laughs> anyway, Spotify. Go over to Spotify.com. Have a look. If you don't like it, you don't have to pay. There is a free version. There is a free version which you can right, sign up ads. for. Uh, but it's got ads. But the, the ads don't seem to be too obtrusive. So uh, intrusive, rather. Um, yeah. So if you want to give it a go, give it a go. And as I recall, the whole library isn't available either. If, if you're listening to the free version. Yeah, that may be the case. I, 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 I'm not sure that's the well, case. Well, it would make it sense. Be. It would make but, sense. Yeah. Anyway, we've also got a people's pick this week. We we do have a people's pick. And uh, uh, my obsession with William Shatner aside, this is almost the Fitz John <laughs> Baptiste show. Uh, it is. He sent you some. He's going to nominate two two programs, actually. Uh, Color Splash by Pocket Pixels Incorporated. And he says that he's created some great work using this app. It's a great app to have alongside uh, my other favorite, Camera Plus. Right. Now, so, before, before he goes on the Camera Plus, I agree with him. I, I, I've got Color Splash, and I like Color Splash. Yes. So. Now, is, is that the app where you can, like, have almost everything black and white except for, like, certain areas? Yeah, you, of, yeah, you can do all sorts of stuff with that. It, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's that just, is cool. It is a, it's a cool, a cool app. It's a cool app. I might have to go over there and get that one. Um, not going to talk about a certain social media site. I, I have not checked it today, and I'm not going to check it today. I, uh, I think you're getting, getting over it. You, you can almost come out of rehab. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, there'll be other reasons for me <laughs> going to into, go into rehab. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, no new iTunes reviews, which that that is a sad face. That's sad. <laughs> please, please go over to iTunes. Give us a review. It helps out the podcast, and you will get a prize, a Woody. And for those people who have received Woody's in the past, they will tell you just how spectacular they are. Yeah, <laughs> they will. Now, if you do send in a review to iTunes, you need to send us an email so you can receive your Wooty. And Guy, who would they send that email to? They would send that email to me. And my How? email address my email address is guy at mymac.com. Uh, G-U-Y, of course. Uh, you can also Why? reach me. Wow, well, I know. Well, it's that alternate spelling where it's Q-A-R-T-Z. Uh, the number is 497-Z-C-X-6. Uh, this is unlike like anything in the marketplace. <laughs> it is. It is. And you can also reach me at twitter.com uh, forward slash MacParrot. Oh man, that that parrot needs some good meds. I, I think we need a new parrot. To be honest, with you. <laughs> well, how, how could they reach you, Gaz, and <laughs> and se- and send money to help send that poor sick parrot to the vet? Definitely, send an email to Gaz at mymac dot com or on the twitters, um, twitter dot com forward slash Gazmaz, G A Z M A Z. Set set. And you can, uh, go on then. I was going to say, you could also contact the, the both of us because we both follow this particular Twitter account. It's twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz, G-U-I-A-N-D-G-A-Z. Z. It just works. You say it with confidence and strength. And you could also reach Fearless Leader <laughs> Tim and complain about our tomfoolery by sending him an email at or two feedback at MyMac.com. And, of course, we have contact forms on both MyMac.com and the MyMacPodcast.com webpages. You can also contact us via Skype on our number, which is area code 703-436-9501. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call us on Skype. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, you're all all busting down the door to do that, aren't you? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm... I, I have to say, Gaz, that I'm, I'm not so sure about this show. What do you think? I think this is the best show that I've ever done. I don't know about you. And I'm yeah. good enough. I don't know about no, no, you. Not me. Smart not enough. Me. I really oh, don't yeah. know about Ooh. you. And, and Doug Bill Gunner. Shocker. Doug Gunner. People have told me that they like me. <laughs> how, how, oh, God. You Regularly. Regularly. Harabango. Which is Swahili. Don't tell tell anybody. Don't tell anybody what it means. Just I won't tell them. I won't tell them. But it's Swahili. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so very much. Wow. Right. Okay. Thank you all so very much for downloading the show. No. No. (laughs) Harabango. There. Yeah. Thank heaven, Dave was on. He saved the show. (laughs) Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the TeacherCast Podcast, the Apple Junkies Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Uh, We could make it a lot crazier than that normally.
Hey, let's yeah, let's do it again. This sometime. is a family. This is this is a family friendly show. So yeah, I, we try. We do the same thing on the Geek Cab. It's been weird, you know. We do our live stream, and uh, now, which means that we have people listening to the pre-show and the post-show, and uh, and it's been interesting not saying, f you know, and. and <laughs> Because no, oh, when the I red light, I, I have, I now have an ending for the show, Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it, you know, it's it for eight years we have never screwed up. Pilot Pete yeah. does sometimes, but he's a pilot. Yeah. You know? But but yeah. during the show, it's like when the light goes on, it's no problem. Yeah. Uh, but pre-show and post-show, it's you know, f bombs oh, everywhere. It's this, it's the sure. same for Guy and I actually. We yeah. we we do have the break in the in the middles, and we you know we we finish each section just as guy just did stand by to stand sure. by and then right. we basically have a soundboard war or right. we we bitch to each other about stuff that's just general stuff i mean <laughs> cons you know and i we um, guy and i have never met but we just kind of hit it off straight away as soon as we started chatting yeah. with each other yeah, and no, we, you've got a good you've got a good rhythm together for sure we, yeah we just have a great time oh, and uh this it, some, i gotta play some this, of those, I some play this the, for you some, dave some of the outfits are brilliant yeah, the uh, outtakes. I have, I have, yeah, I know. Yeah, I've got something to. This this happened not last Christmas, but the Christmas before. Oh crap! <laughs> Damn it! Ah, oh. we were. No, that 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 was the wrong one, and I don't have that it up the, here on soundboard. Oh, uh, that's a okay. shame. It was. It, it is funny. It is funny. Yeah, because Gaz was recording at the same time that we were both looking for that bell sound to play at Christmas time. And while he was hearing those bells on his end, I was on my end in Safari going, Where are the, are the bells? Oh, yeah, great. I'm really in the Christmas spirit now. You know, and, and it, just, it just went on like that. I, I still have it someplace. I'll have to find it and send it to you. But I mean, it was That's just awesome. so perfect. And I couldn't hear the bells. Right, as, right, as I was right. talking, but it just it just lined up so perfectly, and I, I can't play it for you. Oh, that's man. awesome! I wish I had it. We would love to. And have then, of you course, back we have our. I, yeah, I would happily come back. I'd love to. Yeah, oh, this is fun. One, one, yeah. one last request before you go. Yeah. Uh, would uh, we 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 do bumpers in between our segments? Yeah. And. Can I get you to say something along the lines of like, no, I never listen to Guy and Gaz, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Sure. Something along those lines. Whenever this is you're Dave Hamilton. Oh, I was just going to go, right? Sorry. Sorry. This is Dave Hamilton from the Mac Geek Cab, and I never listen to Guy and Gaz, uh, the G-Men on the MyMac podcast. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I'll you see bet. you in about a week and a half or so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. Okay, bye. See you, bye. Dave. Bye.